It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Obviously the biggest news and notes of the day, the Broncos land Sean Payton, the Texans land D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers have quarterback uh, problems, (laughs) to say the least. They got a bunch of problems with the quarterbacks. Maybe they're setting up for Tom Brady in 2023, who knows. But that's really it. That's, that's really the biggest news and notes. So, uh, as I've mentioned, wanted to go in a different direction and talk a little bit of quarterback. Want to talk some Bryce Young. Want to talk some C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. And you could even bring in and chime in with other if you'd like. Because, obviously, we've talked about it. The Raiders need to build the team. They need to build the defense. But they also need to have a quarterback that they can run with a Mahomes, with a Herbert, with a Burrow, with an Allen, with a Lamar, with a Tua, with whoever the case may be, whoever the quarterback is. And I'm probably forgetting a couple, but the AFC is loaded when it comes to the quarterback position. So they've got to find a guy that can do that. We've had plenty of conversations, this or that. Badass defense, badass quarterback. There's a great argument for both, right? There's a great argument that anyone can make, and I can understand it, from both sides of the the fence. So... They've got to go ahead and establish that guy, find whoever that guy is going to be, and try to move forward with that guy. Whether they start immediately or they start a couple years from now, whatever the case is, they've got to find someone that they're comfortable with that can that can run with the big dogs. Jesse hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. We were talking about Levis. He said, Q, if Levis falls to seven, I'm okay taking him. But I wouldn't move up in the draft to take him. A top five pick must be a starter on day one, in my opinion. Levis is someone who will need to sit for a year or two. If Levis struggled against Vanderbilt, there is a red flag for me. Again, that's Jesse right there on the don'tbebroke.com text line. And I'll tell you right now, Jesse, I think if you're a top 10 quarterback, you should have the ability to start day one. I'm not saying that you have to start day one, but you should have the ability to be a day one starter. And I don't believe that Levis is that guy. I sure don't believe Anthony Richardson is that guy. But I can see where both of them end up being a top 10 pick. So, with that being said, let's hear from Jason Fitz. He was on the morning tailgate. He's always a weekly guest. He's really good, fantastic, does a great job on ESPN Radio. He covers the draft like a glove. He's been doing it for a very long time. I always encourage you to listen to Fitz any chance you get. He has a new show now, Fitz and Harry on ESPN. Uh, great stuff, uh, 10 to noon Pacific Standard Time. So if you want to check that out, you can do that in between the morning tailgate and then JT the Brick. You can flip over to ESPN National or ESPN Las Vegas and hear Fitz. One of my really good friends, he's a member of Raider Nation, has been a longtime Raider fan, so of course he knows the get-down when it comes to the quarterback position. So he was on with, the, with, the, with Clay and, and, and Vinny and Heidi this morning, and they asked him about the draft-eligible quarterbacks. So the first soundbite is about a quarterback who he believes, is there a quarterback he believes that can come in and start day one? There are two quarterbacks that can come in and win today. Bryce Young, who is, is small, and I want everybody to hear this, when you hear small, we think about his height, and yeah, I, I, I'm actually maybe at five nine and a half, a little taller than Bryson. But it's not about his height; it's about his body frame. Like he is a little dude. There was a report from somebody in Alabama that said at one point this season he was playing at 165 to 170 pounds. Like that is tiny as a person. So can he withstand the hits? That's the concern that I know for a fact from multiple people that, for example, the Texans have with him, and why they don't love that concept. Bryce has everything but size. C.J. Stroud, the one knock on C.J. is he wasn't willing to use his athleticism. That's why he did it in the Peach Bowl, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. So, for my money, if you want to win right now, quarterback, C.J. Stroud can come in and do that. He can take the hits. Bryce Young can come in and do that because he's smart and he's talented. Uh, I I would want a better offensive line in front of Bryce because I I would worry about Chris Jones just breaking him in half. Right. So, I think that's the, the, the concern on those two. But either of those two, and that's why 
you know, this is way too in the weeds for most people, but people keep asking me, how do I feel about no dinner car next year? And the answer to that is uh, we can't know the answer. It's incomplete. Until you know who Derek Carr has been replaced by, you have no idea. So there's Jason Fitz right there on the morning tailgate this morning talking about two guys that could start and be franchise quarterbacks immediately. And he he says Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. There's been many mock drafts that say that C.J. Stroud could drop to number seven. I would be surprised if he drops to number seven, but that's just me. So those are the two guys out there. So who are the other two guys? Will Levis, who we talked to Nick Roush about in the in the last hour, and then, of course, Anthony Richardson. Those are the other two guys. Maybe there's a fifth and a sixth that are later on in round one, but those are the, those are the top four, right? So here is... Here is Jason Fitz talking about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and the issues he's seeing with those guys. I, I will tell you this. I've gone back and watched every snap of Kentucky this year, um, which is a problem for me. And now I've gone back and watched every snap of Florida. And the problem with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis both is that Will Levis, uh, Will Levis makes some really bad decisions. And bad decisions, and I know they'll talk about the coaching that he's had and the systems he was in. I heard Mel Kuyper say turnovers don't matter. I, this is my problem. When you throw into triple coverage three times against Vandy in one game, when you throw into triple coverage twice against Missouri on bad games, games that were closer losses that shouldn't have been because Kentucky was more talented, you're taking chances you don't need to take because you're not reading the defense well. That's my concern with Will Levis. Like, Will is going to fly up the boards because of his athleticism. When he runs at the combine, it is going to be epic. Everybody will fall in love because he looks like Josh Allen. He's physical. He can run. He can throw anywhere on the field. And he's got swagger. So people will fall in love with that. I understand that. Josh McDaniels better be very confident that they draft Will Levis that they can fix his decision-making because it's not always great. Anthony Richardson, I think, needs a lot of help in just figuring out the game. He's one of those guys that, that frankly, makes so many electric plays with his legs and can run anywhere that it's beautiful to watch. But he's not a guy that, that is known at this point for being particularly fast in the way he reads defenses. And he needs work as a passer. I think in two years he can be really good, but he needs time. So if you're telling me that the, the Jimmy G is coming in to cover up for Anthony Richardson while Anthony learns, I think that's a great situation. Jason Fitz right there talking about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. So I throw it out there to you, Raider Nation. You heard what Jason had to say, and I know just because he said it doesn't mean it's the end-all, be-all, but I feel like that's the consensus, right? A lot of folks are high on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Others aren't as high on Will Levis, but they believe he has a high upside. And Anthony Richardson, I think, is a big unknown. A lot of athleticism. A guy that you heard Jason say, if he's going to sit for two years and get better, maybe that's the guy. I, 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 I want to know what you want, right, out of those four guys. Or maybe it's other. It might not be any of those four guys. But who out of the draft-eligible quarterbacks that you believe are going to go, would you like the Raiders to draft and why? I'm just going to throw four out there. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or other. Hit us up and let us know. 702-365-9200. Give me the reason why. That's the biggest key. What is the reason why you think that guy is going to be the quarterback of the future and that he can take the Raiders from where they are to the next level? And when is that guy starting? Right? When do you think that that guy needs to be a starter as well? Got hit up on uh, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187. Keyword R&R from Gizmo. The more we hear about this quarterback draft class, the more I'm doubting that the quarterback of the future is in the first round for us. I think we trade down from seven for a handful more picks and build up every other position. And if we're developing a guy behind a veteran, my pick is McKee out of Stanford. This guy is a prototypical McZiggler uh, pocket passer. McZiggler. I love how they put that together, or, or Gizmo put that together. So there you go. He's going with other. 
He's going with McKee out of Stanford. That was a guy that we kind of highlighted a couple days ago or last week, late last week, I think we highlighted him. So uh, not convinced on any of those guys. Got a text from the 707. Levis played in a pro-style offense, and it didn't help him in college, but it will help him transition to the NFL game. It should make him easier to evaluate, and it shouldn't be held against him when doing the evaluation. So do you believe in him? <laughs> That's my question. Do you believe in him? Is that a guy that you can see being the, the quarterback for the Raiders moving forward? If so, why? Because I have my doubts. Not going to lie. Mailman Raiders said, yo, Q, I'm not a big college guy, but aside from the drunken public, what was the issue with Stetson Bennett? He's old. I mean, he is one of three that got back to, to back national championships. Um, thank you for that text, by the way. I don't think there's anything really wrong with Stetson Bennett. And I know he was just arrested the other day for uh, what public intoxication and tried to run from the police in Dallas. I mean, that's that's his own issue. Obviously, that's something that he'll have to answer questions for later on. But that's something that he has to deal with. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think, well, I, I, I shouldn't say nothing wrong with them. I think the thing that's wrong with them is is his arm strength. I think that's the biggest question is his arm strength. Can he, can he hit that deep shot? He is a good quarterback. And like you said, he is a back-to-back national champion winner. Doesn't mean that he's going to be that guy on the next level in the NFL. We've seen a lot of really good college quarterbacks that haven't been able to do anything in the league. So I, I like Stetson Bennett from – I don't mind that he's 25 or however old he is. I don't mind. Quarterbacks play for a really long time, as we can see. So I'm not mad at that. I just think that from what everything that I've seen and heard and have watched quite a bit of Georgia – is the, the arm strength is the biggest question when it comes to him. So uh, thank you so much for that. But again, Raider Nation, what do you think? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. I like C.J. Stroud. I've said that multiple times on the show. I like him. The only thing that makes me want to hesitate is his hesitation, and that's his hesitation to use his athleticism except for when the lights were the brightest and everybody was watching when they were playing Georgia in the Peach Bowl, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now he's willing to use his legs. What was the hesitation before? That was something that anyone who covered Ohio State kept saying. Everyone was waiting for him to use his athleticism. If he could bring that to the NFL and do it on a consistent basis, and I'm not saying that he can, but if he can, he might be that dude. But then he carries the, well, he's an Ohio State quarterback stigma with him. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's obviously a big question. People talk about it all the time. You know, can a can Ohio State quarterback, you know, thrive in the NFL? There's still questions about Justin Fields. Is he going to be that guy? So there, there's that. <laughs> there's that. So we'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. Out of the draft-eligible quarterbacks, who would you like the Raiders to draft and why? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or... Or other. Anthony Richardson, to me, I mean, the dude is so athletic, it's almost hard not to like him, right? It's almost hard not to like him, but you hear about his decision-making. You hear that, you know, his, 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 his reading the field, reading the defense is a little bit slower. I just think that you can't – there's certain things you can't develop in the league. Decision-making, I don't think that you can really develop a decision-making. That and accuracy. I don't think that a coach can make you a, a more accurate quarterback. I just don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that if you're accurate, you're accurate. If you make good decisions, you make good decisions. I don't know how much you could be coached up to make a better decision unless you just are coached up similar to what Coach Gruden did when he first came to the Raiders and got with Derek Carr and was like, okay, this or throw it away. This or throw it away. And he pounded it in his head so much, he just threw it away. And I think that took a little bit of D.C.'s edge away from him. Because I feel like before Gruden got to the Raiders, back to the Raiders, I feel like Derek took a couple more chances than he did after Gruden pounded the, 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 the conversation and the, the message 
Throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it in the dirt. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Live to see another day. You know, there's a fine line. You want to see a guy that can make some plays. So want to hear from you, Raider Nation. What are your thoughts on those incoming quarterbacks? Again, 702-365-9200. Dolbybroke.com. Text line at 69187. Keyword R&R. Got this text from East Bay Raider Gray that will take a break. I want C.J. Stroud. He can make all the throws on all three levels. He's accurate, and when you see him throw the ball on the run, it's a thing of beauty. He seems pro-ready. He reads defense as well, can move the pocket, looks out defenders. I would go with him over the others. He uses legs in Notre Dame game. He seems like the most ready. East Bay Raider Gray. What says you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200? And just like East Bay Raider Gray, you can use the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up at 430, Coach Todd Thompson, Desert Oasis High School, will join the show as a Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week recipient. We'll talk all that next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up about 4.30, Coach Todd Thompson, Desert Oasis High School, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, Girls Flag Football. They got a hell of a story going on in Desert Oasis, so we'll talk to Coach Thompson coming up around 4.30. Uh, We've had a few different subjects that we've been talking about throughout the course of the show today here on Raider Nation Radio 920. The first was the Sean Payton of Denver. That news, that broke around, I don't know, maybe 1.30 while JT the Brick was on, uh, right before this show got started at 2 o'clock. So we talked about that to start things off with, talking about how does that change things? What do you think of the AFC West? Do the Raiders have to do something now to compete, keep up with the Joneses? Is there something different they should do, or should they stay the course? So that was one subject. Then we just heard from Jason Fitz, who was on the morning tailgate, and we were talking about draft-eligible quarterbacks as the Raiders are looking for their next guy, their long-term guy. It might not be this year that their long-term guy starts playing, but they need to find their long-term guy. I don't know if it's going to be in this draft, if they're going to wait till the next draft. The problem with that is if they have to wait, you're assuming that they're not going to be picking in the top 10. I'm assuming they're not going to be picking in the t- top 10 in 2024. If they are, something went terribly wrong, right? And then if they're going to try to go get their guy, if it's someone that they're trying to go up and get, then they really have to give up a ton of draft capital. So is there a guy there that you think could be that long-term franchise quarterback? Of course, the four to choose from, I believe, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, Young and Stroud, I like a lot. I think Young's going to go to Houston. There's no doubt about that. I think Stroud can end up going top five. Levitz and Richardson, I think, will be there at seven when the Raiders select. I'm not a big fan of either one of them, just straight up. I don't know if either one of those guys are, are guys that the Raiders should be looking at as, as potentials to lead them into you know the future. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. And also our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. This text comes in from Eric, and he actually chimed in on the whole Sean Payton situation with Denver. I'm a Raider fan since first grade, 1976. I'm not a Chief, Charger, or Bronco. I will not beat my brains on how we'll compete with them. They need to compete with us. That's the Raider way we need to get back to. My number one quarterback is trade for Justin Fields. Young has experience as a starter and on a rookie contract. He's young and has experience as a starter and on a rookie contract. Thanks, Q. Great show as always. Again, that's from Eric. Um, I don't know if Justin Fields is the guy that everyone has confidence in, right? I don't know how much confidence everyone has in Justin Fields. I, I, I like what he's doing with his legs. I know he's in a weird situation there in Chicago where they really didn't even let him open things up for a while. So it's, it's hard to tell exactly who that guy could be based off what he's done so far. I like Justin Fields. I like the, the, the person he is, the player he is. I just, based off the sample size, I don't know exactly who he could possibly be. And if he's a guy that 
could go and, and join the Raiders organization and turn into that dude. And, you know, I, I talk to Courtney Cronin all the time from ESPN who covers the Chicago Bears, and I think that the new regime likes him after actually opening it up a little bit, so maybe they're not even looking on to move on from him. Of course, they got the number one overall pick, and they have a lot of different options that they can, uh, they can do at the top of that draft. Uh, also, Mailman Raider Max said Broncos have the best defense in the AFC West. They just hired one of the best offensive minds in the game, while the Raiders have three to four stars on the team and nothing else. I definitely feel like the Broncos are in a better state than the Raiders. That's Mailman Raider Max. Something that I asked uh, at the top of the show, you know, just what your thoughts on that uh, situation with Sean Payton was. So thank you so much, Mailman Raider Max. And I, I, like I said, I don't know if they need to move forward and, and do something to keep up with the Joneses per se or – just stay the course with whatever the plan was because we obviously still don't know the plan. The good thing is it's only January 31st, and there's still some time to figure things out. Uh, Got a text from Raider Javi. He says, I like CJ because of his arm and accuracy, but also there's a potential for him to use his legs and make plays out of the pocket. If he's sitting behind a veteran, you plug him in when we are up big and let him get his feet wet. That's Raider Javi talking about CJ Stroud out of Ohio State. Uh, Got another text from the 707. I think Levis is the number one quarterback in the draft. He's big. Incredibly strong, strong build for a quarterback, tough, rocket arm, athletic, and play in the SEC in a pro offense. If he's there at seven, they should take him, they should take him and start him right away. Wow, that's a, a big text right there, a big statement from the 707. And I don't – man, I, I'm, I'm just not – I don't think he's ready day one. I honestly don't. From everything we just heard from Nick Roush, a guy who covered him there at Kentucky, and normally if we have someone on that is from – uh, 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 like a station or a beat writer that's really close to the organization or the program, usually they have more glowing reviews to say about the guy. What we heard from Nick did not did not come off as, oh, man, this guy is a, a home run. It felt like there was a lot of questions, and I don't believe that the Raiders can afford to take a, a, a chance on a guy where there's a lot of questions where they might not be answered. They might not, you know, they, they, they might come out and end up being the wrong answer. I just I don't think he's I don't think he's the best quarterback in the draft. That's for sure. I think Bryce Young is probably the best quarterback. He just has the questions with his size and not his height, more his 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 weight and the fact that he's very slim. And I don't know if he's going to be able to take a hit in the NFL, multiple hits in the NFL. We'll find out. As most likely, he ends up being a Houston Texan. So um, that's a, that's a that's a bold statement, though. I mean, it's a hell of a statement. If Will Levis, and I've had people hit me up and say that Will Levis is their guy as well, I just don't see him being the number one quarterback in the draft. I just think he's got a lot of room to grow. I, I really kind of put him in that tier with Anthony Richardson. Both of those guys, I believe, have really high upside. But as far as using and starting them right now and playing them immediately, I don't think that would work at all. I just, I just don't. I can't see that. Now, if it's if that's what happens, if that's the case. So be it, but I'm not I'm not sure if that's gonna work. But uh definitely appreciate that text. You can hit us up as well at 702 365 9200 As I mentioned, coming up at 430, Coach Todd Thompson, Desert Oasis High School. He'll join us to talk all things uh Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award winner. Uh the Raiders are doing it for girls flag football, which is cool because that's a sport that can earn a scholarship. And anything you can earn a scholarship in is awesome. Any opportunity that a, a, a young person, uh, a young, young, young boy or girl, has an opportunity to go and, and get their education paid for by way of their sport, whatever their sport is, is fantastic. So I love the fact that that is now an opportunity and young ladies decide to get involved 
in girls flag football because they they want to have that opportunity. They want to have fun, first of all. They want to win some games. But if they're really good at what they do, they have that opportunity to go and get their school paid for. I think that that is a big deal. Going back to our don'tbebroke.com text line, Geese Mode said, uh, some of y'all might not remember when we had the number one pick in the draft a few years back. This quarterback, who will not be named, Jamarcus Russell, had the most impressive physical attributes, the strongest arm, a college championship under his belt, but he wasn't the sharpest in decision-making, and that puts uh, and that's putting it lightly. I want a guy that's... I want a guy that's got a little something, something in his neck and knows how to use what's between his ears. That's from Geese Mode. And, yeah, that was, the, that was the banana in the tailpipe that a lot of people fell for, including myself. I just thought Jamarcus Russell was going to throw for touchdowns on top of touchdowns on top of touchdowns. And remember what they told us? Remember what they sold us? Oh, man, he could throw 70 yards from a knee. Yeah, that doesn't do any good. If you're on your knee, you're down. <laughs> right? That doesn't do you any good. But, man, I, I remember I used to use that as an argument. Oh, man. They got the guy with the biggest arm. He could throw it 70 yards on the knee. That, none of that matters. None of that matters. So you're right, Geese Mode. Thank you for that text because, man, he was the guy, right? And I remember the debate. Oh, do you go and get do you go and get Jamarcus Russell or do you go get Calvin Johnson? And Lane Kiffin, to his credit, wanted Calvin Johnson. You know, and, and the Raiders decided to roll with Jamarcus Russell, and the rest is history. But we all fell for it. I know I did. And I, I wasn't by myself. I wasn't on that boat by myself, right? There was a lot of people on that ship that was, oh, Jamarcus Russell's going to be the next guy. I, I, I remember the Sports Illustrated magazine. I remember someone hit me up at a radio station I used to work with in, in, or work at in Monterey. They're like, oh, Q, here's a magazine. I saw it on the shelf. I got it for you. And it was Jamarcus Russell said the chosen one. They were calling him the chosen one. Didn't work out too well. That's why it's such a difficult position to, to analyze and break down. I mean, he had his own issues, which most of it was because he was just lazy. But he sure could throw the ball. <laughs> and even, even when you knew that he wasn't going to succeed, I was like, well, maybe this is the year it's going to click. Maybe it's going to. No. You know, going back to Gizmo's point, man, he didn't have anything in his neck. And what he had between his ears wasn't what he needed to have between his ears. It just wasn't there. 707, now Will Levis is Jamarcus Russell. Wow, no, nobody said he's Jamarcus Russell. He was just telling, no, see, that's how. That's the example of people hearing what you want to hear. Nobody said he was Jamarcus Russell. He's just saying, do you remember when someone had all the attributes? It didn't work well. That's all he's saying. Did not, did not call the guy Jamarcus Russell at all. Not at all. I, I, I don't have to be in Geese Mode's ear to understand that he didn't say that. He's definitely not Jamarcus Russell. Not at all. But we all know that you could be fooled by talent, by really athletic traits that might not tra- translate to the next level. That's all Geese was trying to say. 4.30 is the time. When we come back, Coach Todd Thompson, Desert Oasis High School, will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And joining us on the phone line now is the latest recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. That's Coach Todd Thompson from Desert Oasis High School. Coach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you for your team and yourself and your staff this season. It's been tough, to say the least. The passing of Ashari Hughes, that was huge. That's one of your players, a student, all-around really good student, matter of fact, there at a Desert Oasis. How is the school recovering, and, and also how is the community recovering uh, with the passing of Ashari? Um, the, the, the team and the school and the community in general has gotten a lot of support, um, which has really, really been great. Uh, great for the girls uh, on, the, on the team. Um, I know that the family 
uh, that I, I speak to the the parents on a regular basis and, and the outreach that they've gotten has really, really been helpful and great. Last week, the Raiders, they honored Asari. They did the do it for Asari presentation uh, before the game. How how meaningful was that? How much did the team appreciate that? And obviously the family as well. Um, it was an amazing experience and it was re- really, really cool for the, the Raiders and Nike to get together and do that. Um, everybody was was repping the number seven for Ashari. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of put things in perspective on on the impact that Ashari had on everybody's lives with between the two schools of Centennial and Desert Oasis. And and you can see the lives that she touched and the, and the legacy that that she's leaving with us. How important was it for the Raiders, or how important is it, I should say, for the Raiders to be so heavily involved in the community like they are? Um, the Raiders have been great ever since they've gotten here. Um, and, and as a coach of, of girls football, it's great to see them throw throw their support behind the girls game uh, just as much as they do the boys game. Talking right now with Coach Todd Thompson from Desert Oasis High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you about that challenge of coaching girls flag football or what you found the, you know, maybe the biggest challenges to be because it is different than, than boys football and, and the Raiders are behind both. You know, I've coached boys for years, uh, you know, before I uh, got fully involved with the girls. And, and to me, the biggest difference is to, to see where this game is going for the girls and the opportunities that are presented uh, to them now that wasn't there before. Um, and so the Raiders and the NFL in general kind of backing that has really made an impact on these girls. You see these girls that, um, you know, have been playing other sports and, and they see where flag football is going and, and they're hopping on board. And it's, it's a real big deal. How special is it that that now is a, a, a sport where you can earn a scholarship? You know, young ladies could go to college off the basis of playing girls flag football. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, one of, one of my things is, you know, I talk to, to the, the soccer players and the volleyball players um, at Desert Oasis. And, hey, you know, like, come, come and try this out. And knowing that once they do, they fall in love. You know, um, we, we always joke because I say, um, you know, I get the soccer players to come play football. And once they do, they're not soccer players that play football. They're football players that play soccer. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we have some really talented soccer players and volleyball players on our on our football team that, you know, we, we joke about that constantly. That's awesome. I love it. Again, Coach Todd Thompson from Desert Oasis High School is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So since your team has been back in action, you went on a five-game winning streak. I mean, what what went into – what was the key to the success that your team is having right now? me staying out of the way. Um, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> um, we have a very, very special uh, group of girls. And, and um, that is one of the things that's been highlighted through, through all of this is just how amazing the kids are, not just on the field, um, the way they've stuck together and kind of been there for each other. Um, you know, it, it comes and goes in waves and, and to see them just kind of, you know, lean on each other through this whole process um, it's, it's really been special. Uh, it, you know, it's something as a coach, I, you know, you don't ever plan or, or even imagine that, that you're going to go through something like that as a leader and a coach. Um, but it really does make you see how special that the, the, of a group that I do have. Yeah, one of your special players, Victoria Poon. She was named Player of the Week. She led the team in rushing. She's had multiple touchdowns in a big game versus Valley. Uh, how, how big time of a player is Victoria for your team? Oh, she's our Barry Sanders. Um, nice, nice. It, 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 she's one of the ones that, uh, you know, uh, she, it's, she's a senior and it's her first year uh, playing football. And, you know, uh, tried to get her to come out last year. You know, she she didn't do it. And then, then this year she came out and, 
you know, she's one of the ones. She's not a soccer player playing football anymore. <laughs> she's a football <laughs> player that plays soccer on the side. Um, and and she, yeah, she's dynamite. She she's one of those ones that you know when she touches the ball, she can score. Doesn't matter where she's at on the field. So when other other players or potential players even see someone like Victoria out there doing what she's doing, you, does that give encouragement to other young ladies that might not be all in or or even playing on the team yet to say, you know what, I think I could do that. That looks like a lot of fun. Absolutely, I, I, absolutely. I have girls coming up to me already this year that that aren't playing, asking. You know, when's intramurals going to start for next season? When's when's tryouts next year? Uh, so, you know, it just just like any other uh, instance with this sport right now, you know, it's it, every day a different barrier is getting broken down um, and and eyes are opening up to how amazing this sport really is. Talking right now with Coach Todd Thompson from Desert Oasis High School here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So I always talk about what it means to be more than a coach, and, and that's exactly who you are. You're a mentor, you're a friend, you're a sounding board counselor. Obviously this year, Coach, uh, that's really <laughs> been put to the test more than ever. But what does that mean to you to be a coach and know that you wear man- many hats besides just trying to get W's and L's? It's the only reason I do coach. I always, I always tell parents in our in our uh, preseason meetings after tryouts and everything, if, if the only thing I ever do for your kid is teach them how to run a post or a, or a dig, then I failed as a coach. Um, you know, we, I really harp on, on life lessons, taking habits and lessons, you know, from practice and games and uh, transferring over those over to different aspects of life. So um, to me, that's the most important part of coaching and, and really why we do it. We love competing. Uh, we love getting out there and, and teaching competition and how to compete the right way. But at the end of the day, it's the life lessons you take away from uh, building the friendships, teamwork, being part of something bigger than yourself that that really is is the joy and passion for me in coaching. How exciting is it when you see one of your former students or players out in the community or maybe they're with their family and they're now, they have their own family, but you know that, you know what, that's someone who came through my program and I had a, a, a small part in kind of shaping their lives. Oh, it, it, it really is amazing. And, you know, we, we have girls that, um, you know, whether it be away at college playing flag or, you know, we have a, a one that, you know, went on a college softball scholarship that, you know, she was back for last week's games um, and just staying involved. And really, that's the next step in the development of, of this game is is these girls that that kind of set the stage coming back and and supporting it and, and helping it grow even further. And I'm excited about the growth of the sport. And again, I, I say it all the time. If you can ever earn a scholarship in anything, do it right. Enjoy it. Love it. Because, Absolutely. man, that is such a special opportunity. So, Coach, as we wrap this up, what's next? What, what do you guys have lined up? What, what's the next challenge in front of you? Um, well, you know, we're we got two weeks left of uh, regular season games. You know, uh, our first goal as a team was to win our division. And so, you know, we. Uh, we have a chance to to accomplish that goal if we do do things the right way the next two weeks, and then of course you know we get into playoffs and and try to conquer that second goal of winning state. Uh, so you know things are lined up if the girls you know continue to to do things the right way. Uh, we've got a shot. I like it. Coach, again, man, I mean, again, th- this kind of a season, you can never anticipate or prepare for it, but uh, you guys have done a great job trying to navigate through it, and I know everyone's hearts is with uh, the Hughes family and, of course, Ashari, and do it for Ashari like the Raiders and Nike came together the other night to to honor. So uh, congratulations again on being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week recipient, and again, congratulations on all the success that your team is having. I appreciate it. It means a lot. There he goes, Coach Todd Thompson, Desert Oasis High School, and obviously they got a lot more going on than just 
wins and losses and, and X's and O's. Uh, Shari Hughes, the young lady that passed or collapsed at the game and then uh, eventually passed away. Uh, that was right after the DeMar Hamlin situation had happened. And so uh, obviously uh, heavy hearts are with the Hughes family and, and the community there, Desert Oasis. And man, it's just, you never want to see a young person lose their life, right? You just never do. And I can only imagine what the family is feeling like. So we definitely uh, send our thoughts and prayers out to the Hughes family as well. And many thanks to Coach Todd Thompson for giving us a few minutes here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio. 920. Now, as we get ready to close out the show, and we got probably about 10 to 12 more minutes left in the show, uh, still want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Want to turn our attention back to the quarterback situation and uh, really the four that we've been talking about, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. If one of those guys is someone that you can see the silver and black moving forward with, let me know. If not, let me know who you think that the Raiders could move forward with. Maybe there's someone that we're not talking about that you have on your mind. Like Tanner McKee from Stanford is a guy that has been suggested on our don'tbebroke.com text line. So you could definitely uh, say that and suggest that as well. 69187, keyword R&R. Real quick, I want you to hear again what Jason Fitz had to say on the morning tailgate uh, earlier this morning with uh, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. The first one is on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. If these guys could start right away. There are two quarterbacks that can come in and win this. Bryce Young, who is, is small, and I want everybody to hear this. When you hear small, we think about his height. And, yeah, I, I, I'm actually maybe at 5'9 and a half, a little taller than Bryce. Mm-hmm. But it's not about his height. It's about his body frame. Like, he is a little dude. There was a report from somebody in Alabama that said at one point this season he was playing at 165 to 170 pounds. Like, that is tiny as a person. So, can he withstand the hits? That's the concern that I know for a fact from multiple people that, for example, the Texans have with him and why they don't love that concept. Bryce has everything but size. C.J. Stroud, the one knock on C.J. is he wasn't willing to use his athleticism. That's why he did it in the Peach Bowl, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. So, in, for my money, if you want to win right now, quarterback, C.J. Stroud can come in and do that. He can take the hits. Bryce Young can come in and do that because he's smart and he's talented. Uh, I, I would want a better offensive line in front of Bryce because I, I would worry about Chris Jones just breaking him in half, right? So I think that's the, the concern on those two. But either of those two, and that's why, you know, this is way too in the weeds for most people, but people keep asking me, how do I feel about no dinner car next year? And the answer to that is uh, we can't know the answer. It's incomplete. Until you know who Derek Carr has been replaced by, you have no idea. Jason Fitz on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. So, of course, uh, what about the other two quarterbacks? Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Of course, I want you to hear this just in case you're tuning in right now to Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. It's what Jason Fitz had to say about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I, I, I will tell you this. I've gone back and watched every snap of Kentucky this year, um, which is a problem for me. And now I've gone back and watched every snap of Florida. And the problem with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis both is that Will Levis, uh, Will Levis makes some really bad decisions. And Bad decisions, and I know they'll talk about the coaching that he's had and the systems he was in. I heard Mel Kuyper say turnovers don't matter. I, this is my problem. When you throw into triple coverage three times against Vandy in one game, when you throw into triple coverage twice against Missouri on bad games, games that were closer losses that shouldn't have been because Kentucky was more talented, you're taking chances you don't need to take because you're not reading the defense well. That's my concern with Will Levis. Like, Will is going to fly up the boards because of his athleticism. When he runs at the combine, it is going to be epic. Everybody will fall in love because he looks like Josh Allen. He's physical. He can run. He can throw anywhere on the field, and he's got swagger. So people will fall in love with that. I understand that. Josh McDaniels better be very confident that they draft Will Levis that they can fix his decision-making because it's not always great. Anthony Richardson, I think, needs a lot of help 
in just figuring out the game. He's one of those guys that, that frankly, makes so many electric plays with his legs and can run anywhere that it's beautiful to watch. But he's not a guy that, that is known at this point for being particularly fast in the way he reads defenses, and he needs work as a passer. I think in two years he could be really good, but he needs time. So if you're telling me that the that Jimmy G is coming in to cover up for Anthony Richardson while Anthony learns, I think that's a great situation. Just say no to Jimmy G. <laughs> that's all I keep saying. I know I hear his name suggested quite a bit. The morning tailgate, they suggest him quite a bit. I'm, I'm absolutely out 100%. On Jimmy G, I do not think that that does anything for the Raiders. The only thing Jimmy G has going for him is somewhat knowing Josh McDaniel's system. But how long ago was that, right? I mean, he's been gone from New England for quite a while, been in San Francisco doing things there, and he's been he's very injury prone as he's injured right now. Matter of fact, every quarterback in San Francisco is injured right now. I mean, if you look at it, there's a lot of folks talking about Trey Lance. Well, he's coming off an injury. Think about this. Brock Purdy. Torn UCL. It's going to sideline him six months. Jimmy G, broken foot back in December. He's going to be a free agent. Apparently he's better, but that was a broken foot. Trey Lance, fractured the fibula, had ligament damage that required two surgeries on his ankle. Right? I mean, they have so many question marks there. Now Tom Brady is actually favorited. If you go and look at the lines, if you go look at DraftKings, if you go look at Caesars, if you go look at William Hill, right now Tom Brady is the favorite to be the quarterback in San Francisco. In 2023, so I mean that's that's how that's how broke down those quarterback situations are. But Jimmy G, I just say no to. So talking about the young cats, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Richardson, or other, who would you rather have? Who would you prefer? Uh, going to the Don'tBeBroke.com text line, uh, Jesse says, "Q, my vote is other. Let's move down the draft in every round and accumulate the ammo that we'll need to move up in the 2024 NFL draft to acquire Caleb Williams." I believe he's a generational type of player, and if it takes a deal similar to what it took New Orleans to move up to draft or select Ricky Williams, let's do it. I'm all in. That's Jesse. New Orleans gave up everything to move up and go get Ricky Williams, and we see how that worked out for them, right? I mean, Ricky Williams wasn't Ricky Williams that dude until he got to Miami, and even then, I mean, was he worth everything that Mike Ditka and company gave up for him? I would say no. (laughs) And it's crazy now thinking about that, right? They gave up all that for a running back. Could you imagine if a team did that for a running back now? All the backlash you'd get, man, right now you draft a a running back in the first round, like, what the hell are they doing? What is wrong with them? You can get any of those guys in the fourth or fifth round. I mean, that position has been so disrespected. But uh, I I like Caleb Williams a lot. I'm with you, Jesse. I really like Caleb Williams a lot. I just – the the team can't afford to do uh, what you're talking about, just go ahead and and trade the farm and move up and go get him. I I do like the idea of building the team, though. I really do. The problem is – You know, if they're in position to get Caleb Williams, that means 2023 went really bad. Really, really bad. That would be a a, a bad situation. And, and, you know, if they do have to trade up, like similar to what Kansas City did to go up to from 24 to 10 to go get Patrick Mahomes, they still have to give up a lot. But if that's the last piece that they had to go get that difference maker, then okay. But, man, that's that would be a big haul. And I hope if that would be the case, if they did do that, something similar to what you're talking about, then they really do have a solid team in place because you ain't going to have too much more as far as draft capital and it's going to cost you a couple years. It really will. So that would be the only way that that would even be a situation, something that they can do. Uh, Gizmo hit us back. I'm here in the band. People around here don't like him either. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't want San Francisco scraps. <laughs> there you go. He's talking about Jimmy G. Uh, got a text from the 707. Jamarcus Russell didn't fail because he had a rocket arm. He failed because he was a 300-pound slob who was addicted to purple drink and pretended to read the playbook. Right. What I said earlier, lazy. 
<laughs> I mean, without calling him names and, and talking about his his struggles, lazy. That's the best way to sum him up. He was lazy. He got paid, and he got fat and happy is what we call it, right? You get you get paid, you get fat and happy. That was that was absolutely one hundred percent his issue. So, yeah, that's and, and again going back to what was said earlier. Um, Gizmo was not not calling. Will Levis, Jamarcus Russell at all. I, I I would not say that about any quarterback because what he did, he made them basically start to uh, change the change the rookie wage scale, <laughs> right? They said after that, they're like, yeah, we got to do something about this because he guys like this will set the organizations back way too far. So that's 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 that issue. Uh, let's see, Jim from Yonkers, could you trade down and get Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee? Not much talk about Baker, but could be an option if everything else blows up. Doc McDaniels liked him coming out of college. Great show, Q. That's with Jim and Yonkers. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Baker. I'm really not. And I know that he's got a little something, something. And he did some good things in Cleveland, right? I mean, he's the first quarterback that got him to the playoffs in how long? So yeah, I mean, he he did some really good things there. I can I can appreciate that, but it just to me when you go from Cleveland, then all of a sudden you go to Carolina, and then they ship you off, and you end up in in L.A. And of course, it beat the Raiders, but. It just something tells me, it, it, you know what I mean? Like the, the feeling ain't great when you see all the different locations that a, a player is moving in the, same, in the same year, same season, especially when it comes to teams that needed quarterbacks. I mean, Carolina needed a quarterback. Hell, Carolina still needs a quarterback, <laughs> right? So there's, there's that. Uh, let's see, any more texts? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, here's one more. Sorry about that one from Raider Javi. By the way, plugging in the rookie when the game is out of hand preserves the veteran, which most likely will be over 40. Uh, example, Brady or Rodgers. That's from Raider Javi talking about go ahead and getting a guy and uh, just plugging him in uh, if the case, if the, you know, if, if possible, if you're having a blowout. I, I don't see that uh, happening, you know, too often. It's, it's so hard to have a blowout in the NFL. Right, I mean, so so you're, if you're banking on getting him some experience because you're having a blowout, that, that's a that's going to be a tough a tough road to hoe. I just don't see that many blowouts happening. Most times, more times than not, you get up a lot and you got to hold on to a lead. Right, <laughs> the Raiders are, are not the team that needs to sit on a lead and be like, you know what, it's time to bring the rookie in. That's something that I think we all learned that in the 2022 season. Uh, my guy Brian hit us up and said, draft the best defensive player at seven. And then in the second round, draft Hendon Hooker and get Brady for one or two years, sit him for one or two years. Hendon Hooker, I, he's, he's the young man out of Tennessee at Torres ACL. He was a guy that was a Heisman Trophy, uh, looked like he was going to be a Heisman Trophy finalist until he, tore, until he tore that ACL, and I hated that for him. I remember watching that game at the house and all of a sudden seeing him go down, and I remember rewinding it about three or four times just to, just to confirm what I already knew, that it was a torn ACL, and I hate that. I hate that for him because who knows where he would have gone and who knows if he would have been drafted in the first round. Most likely he would have this uh, this past year or this upcoming year. So there's you know there's more deep diving we'll do on Hendon Hooker. We'll definitely do that. But to me, he just seems like a really good college quarterback. I don't know if he's a good I don't know if he's a good uh, you know a, a, a NFL quarterback. I just I just don't know. Uh, JF hit us up and said, yo, Q, with Carr playing in the Pro Bowl, does that mean the Raiders now got to cut him by the fifth of a trade? Doesn't happen by then. Um, I don't think that they have to cut him. I mean, if the the one thing Vinny Bonsignor, uh, he, he uncovered was that if he were to get injured in the Pro Bowl, that's on the Raiders. That's on the Raiders. They'd have to pay him that salary, that, that guarantee money that they sat him for the last two games so they didn't have to pay him. <laughs> they, they would have to do that, so... You know, you might you might see a resolution to the car situation sooner rather than later because he's now uh, part of the Pro Bowl. And 
I don't anticipate an injury in the Pro Bowl, but do you ever anticipate an injury? No. So the Raiders might have to really play it close to the vest in that scenario, so I'm not too sure. Uh, Mailman Raider said, Q, let me spin it around for fun. Of the four quarterbacks we're talking about here is the comparisons. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Drew Brees, and Cam Newton. Who would you rather have, LOL? Um, Joe Burrow obviously is the guy that I believe is the elite quarterback. That's the elite, the the, the most elite. Drew Brees is going to be a Hall of Famer, but it took a while before he really established who he is. I think Joe Burrow is a, an extra dude, right? You always have a chance when Joe Burrow is out there. Um, so I, I don't know the comparisons on all that. Josh Allen obviously is a Will Levis comparison. I don't know who Joe Burrow is and Drew Brees and Cam Newton. I don't know who, I guess Cam Newton would be Richardson. I don't know who the other guys are, but if you can get a Joe Burrow, you go and get that Joe Burrow. I just don't know exactly who that is. But thank you for that text. I do appreciate it. And that's going to wrap up the show today. Thank you, Bobby, for holding it down. This is Red Nation Radio 920.